Man, I'm excited about the message tonight and uh, you know, I'm excited to be preaching tonight because I really believe that tonight's message is something that if you grab a hold of, will really change and impact your life, amen? And uh, you know, what I'm going to speak on tonight is uh, a rev- personal revelation that I've had uh, earlier in the year. And, uh, and so, you know, there's a great need that for every one of us that we live out of God's rev- revelation every day. Because, you know, there's a, there's a word that God has in season for you every day that you live, every day that you breathe, every morning when you wake up. There's a revelation word that God wants to speak into your life. And you see, so many of us, we live off the word of our friends. We live off the influence of, of peers, of, of the uh, media, of what's happening in society. But you know what, friends? It's the revelation word that will change and impact your life and totally rock your world until the point where you are just manifesting the presence of God everywhere you go, amen? And so, you know, in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10, it says this, But it was to us that God revealed thing, these things by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deepest secrets. You see, it's important that every day, see, God's got secrets that He wants to give to you. You know, every person walks through life thinking, man, if only I had the answers. Man, if only I had the answers for this cert- certain situation that I'm going through today. But the problem is that we look to the wrong people. We look to the wrong place because the Bible says that God will give you the deepest secrets. You see, there's mysteries that God wants to give to every person here if you will search them out. And see, and that's the thing that we struggle in. And so often, the very thing we don't do is that we don't search out the mysteries and the words that God has for us. Because we live in a generation that's all about me. That's all about just, kind of, oh, I'm tired today, so I just, uh, might just have a nap. I'm tired this morning, so I won't get up. It's cold tonight, so I won't go to church. You know, but see, friends, things don't just fall on your lap. We've got to get out. We've got to search for the word that God has for us, the mysteries that God has. Because see, it's just there ready, waiting for you to take a hold of every day. There's a fresh revelation word that's just waiting for you to take a hold of every day. And for me, earlier in the year, you know, I've heard about it before and I've heard, and I totally agree with it where, you know, people say, man, you need to get your life sorted out. You need to allow God to refine your life. And uh, how many people here like God's refining fire? Yeah, not many hands at all. Interesting. You know, it's funny, there's a few people, uh, you know, probably maybe four or five people said to me through the week, what are you preaching on this week? Oh, I'm preaching on God's refining fire. And they were like, great, I'm not coming. And I was like, man, come on, man, you're the very one that needs to be here then. And I know that they were just joking, but, uh, but you know, it's interesting that that is the very thing that whenever we talk about allowing God to refine us, that is often, for most of us, our initial response. Oh, that sounds painful. I think that's going to hurt. You know what? For me, you know, I'd heard the need to allow God to refine you. And for every one of us, you know, we need to allow God to come into our life and refine us. Because, see, God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for you to to walk in the purposes and the plans that God has. See, God has set out a destiny before you. He says that he knew you even before you were born. And he had a plan and a destiny before you, before you were even born. But see, the thing is that we've got to allow God to come into our lives and refine us. And for me, you know, I had this, re- and I'd heard all that, and I agreed with that, and it was like, amen, brother, but just not for me, Jesus, please. You know, there's got to be an easier way. You know, God, if I can walk through life and achieve all that you have for me, just don't let the fire hurt, man. Just keep the fire, man. Pastor Doug needs the fire more than I do. Come on, God. Come on. 
And so for all of us, it's like that, you know, it's like we, we're just there and we're like, yes, amen, come on, we want to we go on a new God. God, I want to change my school. God, I want to change my workplace. God, I want to be when people stand up and say about my life, man, I want them to say that, man, he was a man of God who ran after the heart of God, that influenced their school, that influenced their workplace, that saw miracles all over the show, that spoke to thousands and was an amazing worship leader. Amen, who would like people to say something like that about you? tell you how cool would that be but unfortunately there's a little bit of a refining that needs to take place first and you see for me like I said I, I, I agreed with it all but I didn't really have that personal revelation that's why it's really important that we get God's revelation and we allow God to speak to us because one thing to have a head knowledge about something but it's another thing to have when God speaks a revelation and gives and gives an understanding about something then that is even more powerful so you can't live out of someone else's revelation you can't live out of my revelation tonight. You've got to find it for yourself. You can't live out of Pastor Mike's revelation, you know, the amazing words that he brings here every Sunday. You've got to get out there and you've got to search for it yourself. And you see, the thing is, is that when we think about God's refining fire and we think about, man, God, allowing God to refine us, we think, man, like I said, that's, that's going to hurt. And you know what? Earlier in the year, I had a time and a season where God came and refined me. And, uh, and did it hurt? Yeah, it hurt. There was a little bit of pain there. Was it as painful as I thought it would be? No, it wasn't. Did it take as long as I thought it would take? No, it didn't. Was it, when now I look back at it now, was it as hard as I thought it would be? No, it wasn't. Was it the best thing that ever happened to my life? Yes, it was. And you see, for every one of us, as we allow God to come into our lives, and we allow God to take away the ugliness, the things that are inside that we don't want people to see, as we allow God to refine us, then that is what that is part of the process, part of the walk, part of the journey about us taking hold of what God has for our life. That is a part of the process for every believer to start to walk in the plans and the purpose and the destiny that God has for you is that you would allow God to take you to a new level, that you would have got to allow God to refine you every day. And see, the Bible says in Isaiah 55 verse 9, it says, My ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. It says we lift our heads towards God and we allow Him to saturate us in His presence. We start to get refined. As we lift our head towards God and we start to allow Him to saturate and soak us, and we start to just sit under his anointing, then our lives start to be refined. Imagine if you could do anything for God, the, the biggest dream that you would ever have. Imagine, just, imagine you were walking in that right now. Now, for some of us, it could be preaching to a stadium. For others, it could be, man, just like, you know, seeing blind people see, seeing people walk out of wheelchairs, seeing people with only one leg, and seeing a leg grow. You know, it could, you know we all have different dreams. Imagine... If you're walking in that right now, you know what? God's dream for you is far greater than what even you, than that. The thing that you're dreaming for, the thing that you're believing for, says God says, my ways are higher. So as we start to live with God, as we start to follow him every day, the plans and the purpose and the destiny that he has for you is even higher than what you could even imagine. Even higher than what you could even imagine. And we set our bar here, man, but God's bar is like, I can't even reach that high. Can't even get there without God. You know, then the interesting thing is, is that, you know, you look at your own thing that you want to do for your life and you think, man, man, how do I even get there? But how do you even get there? Because the standard that God set for you, even harder. 
but as we start to live and as we start to allow our lives to be saturated in Him, you know, we start to get a glimpse of how God would empower us every day. We start to get a glimpse of God's plan for our life. But see, the thing is, so often we continue to go around the same mountain every day. We struggle with the same things every day. And you know, God's plan for your life is not that you would live a life continuing to go around the same mountain day after day. God's plan for you is that you would have a breakthrough life, that your life would be a life full of testimony, that your life would be a life where you're continuing to break the boundaries, break the limitations that are on your life, that you would continue to walk in freedom every day. And as the limitation comes, you would walk through that and you would just be like, you'd be like the incredible Hulk that would just go smashing and raging through this wall, this limitation that's on your life every day. And then you'd walk in freedom. And another limitation comes. Man, and you'd just break through that again every day. And then another limitation comes. And you'd break through it every day. And you'd be living a life free of the chains, free of the shackles, free of the things that would hold you back, free of the limitations. Out of freedom, you can bring others into freedom. When you're in bondage, you can't bring people into freedom. Out of your freedom. You now enable and you're empowered to bring people into freedom. You know, as, I, as for me, as I became, you know, free in, in, in areas that I've struggled with for years. Man, well, did I want to face them? Yeah, I did. I was, man, I was, but I was, I was struggling for years with, with the same old things. And I was, was I, well, did I not want to look at them? I was looking at them. I was like, God, come on, there's got to be a way. God, come on, man, what's happening with this thing? But it was like as a, as a season was there, ready for me to just to go and move. As I moved, as I came into freedom, man, and this is, the, this is the thing about the revelation that I got, is that as I break through my own limitations, you know, I can now bring people into freedom. And the thing that I saw was that the limitations I had on my life, you know, I, I didn't know exactly what they were. I knew the things I struggled with. But I didn't necessarily know why or how or the way it necessarily outworked itself until, you know, God showed me and revealed it through through different circumstances. And it was at that point where I started to see it, as I started to break free in it, that I started to see the same limitations that were in other people's lives. But I could never see it before because I didn't have the freedom in that. And and, And so I had, like again, I had a head knowledge of the whole thing of as you're in freedom, as you start to get free, you now can bring other people into that. But, did I have a revelation about it? No. Because if I did, I'd, be, I'd have a real desire for my life to start to walk free of things that hold me back. And I'd be running. I'd be running. I'd be running. If I had a real revelation, then, man, I would be so doing everything I can to get my life free and to walk in freedom every day. Because, see, my heart is that I would not only be free, but I'd bring people who are leading, who are following into freedom as well. You see, that's, about, that's, what the plan, that's what God wants us to do, is to bring people into freedom. And as I started to come into freedom, I started to see it in other people all over the place. And, you know, and as we walk in freedom, it makes us a better person, makes us a better leader. Allowing God to refine us. Malachi 3.3 says this. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver. You see, God's plan is that we would be refined. And the whole thing about gold is this. Who likes gold here? Some do, yep. Man, 
If you had a bit of gold right now, man, you'd be like rich as. You know, but the thing with gold is that we look at the end and the finished product. But the thing is, once when gold is found, it's not perfect. There's a refining process that needs to take place with gold. But we just see the finished product, so we think, man, this is amazing. I want to find me some gold like this. That's great to find yourself some gold like this, but then the gold needs to be refined because, you know, there's some gross stuff that's in there. And so gold, what happens is when you, when you find gold and when gold goes through a refining process, what happens with gold is that it gets to a place, they put it in such extreme temperatures, and when the gold gets hot enough, all the muck, all the dross, all the bad, icky, gross stuff comes to the surface, and they just wipe it off, and then it becomes pure. Now we have pure gold. And so when God says that he's like a refiner that wants to refine us and burn away the dross in our life, that's what he wants to do. He wants to get our, our lives to a place where it's hot enough that all the stuff that we've pushed down and that we've buried and that we've sat on and that we've tried to cover up because we don't want people to see, you know, God's got to bring us to a place where he will allow it to come forth so that we can just wipe it off. And see, that's the thing about God's refining fire that so many of us think it's a real painful, long process. But to refine gold, I don't think would be that long a process. And so as you allow God to turn up the heat sometimes, and friends, it's not all the time. It's just certain seasons in your life. But as you allow God to turn up the heat and, and allow it to get hot enough, you find that the things that you've been trying to, trying to deal with in, in secret, the things that you've been trying to deal with in private, the things that you haven't wanted people to see, the things you've been trying to keep down and keep hidden, they just pop to the surface. And just God just wipes it away. You know, the word dross means, it means this, scum formed on the top of the surface, anything worthless. Let me ask you this question. Is there scum in your life tonight? Is there things that are worthless in your life tonight? We all have it. We all have it. We all have things in our life that don't add to our life. They don't bring life to our life. They're not a part of God's bigger plan. You know? You know what I'm talking about. And so we've got to allow that thing to come up. You know, and I was thinking about what are the things that hold us back? And I've got three things here that, that would hold you back from wanting to allow God to refine you. And I'm sure there's probably more, but the first thing I've got is fear. So many of us are so afraid of what people will think or of allowing people to see the things that we don't like about our lives that we try and control it. You know, fear always leads to control. If you're so afraid... You control every part of your life that you can. But see, the problem with that is that when you're trying to control your life, then you'll only ever get a measure of what God has for you. Because when you try and control your life so much to the point where you don't allow people in, where you won't allow people to see, you know what? Unfortunately, we control the measure that God comes into our life as well. So the first thing's fair. The second thing is what if? Oh, but God, what if I give my last month, last $5 that I have, and God, you don't come through? God, what if I, I step out and pray for this person for healing, and God, nothing happens? God, what if I tell my friends about Jesus, and, and, and they don't like me anymore? So many of us live life by the what ifs. We don't do things because what if? Let me tell you this, friends. What if you stepped out, and what if Jesus 
broke through and answered the very thing you were believing for? What if that happened? You see, we should be turning the what if around where, where normally it holds us back. We should be turning that around to now believing, what if God? God, what if this dream that I've got, God, I would see revival in my school. God, what if I started a prayer meeting? God, in my school and, and, and hundreds of people would start to come. God, what if we would start to use the what if as a driving factor in our lives to push us towards the very thing that God wants us to take a hold of? You see, God's about answering prayers. He's not, he's not about leaving you out there hanging. But see, the thing is, is we've got to get out there and hang so God can come through. As we stay within our comfort zone, God can't work there. There's a limitation on what God can do. But we've got to get out of the box. We've got to walk the plank and jump off and allow God to then be God. See, we don't allow God to be God enough. We don't allow God to work the way he wants to work enough because of fear and control, because of the what-ifs. The other thing is, is past hurts. You know, so many of us live in past hurts. And, you know, the reality is, yeah, we've all been hurt. And, you know, I can, man, I understand that, you know, for some of of you guys, you've probably been hurt more than some of us. And that's cool, you know, and, and I really believe and pray that God would, would really deal with that and help bring healing and help bring restoration in that area. But you see, the thing is, when the past hurt holds you back from walking in what God's got for you, then it becomes a problem. Then it becomes a problem because God has never designed us to live in past hurts. God has never designed that past hurts would hold us back from walking in the plans and the destiny and the purpose that God has. You see, we need to, when, when, there's, when there's hurts and pains that, and things that people have done that have really affected us, it could be a leader in church that you've been under, you know, years ago, and, and, it's, and now you've got such walls up with any leader. It could be that you've, you know, asked a friend to come to church, and they, man, just so went at you for the doing that, that you're like, never again will I do that. You see, we have to deal with those things quickly. We have to lay them at the foot of the cross quickly and allow God to refine us, allow God to start to work in those areas of brokenness so that we can walk out the plans and destinies that he has for us every day. You know, when I was thinking about the whole thing of allowing God to refine us, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, man, it's just so important. It's just so important. You know, and I think about my, my kids who, you know, are young. You know, one's four, one's six, and we've got one on the way. Um, due in a couple of weeks, praise the Lord. And uh, so, you know, and I think about those kids. And as their father, you know, there's a responsibility on, my, on me to shape them and mold them. But see, the thing is, if they, wouldn't, if they don't let me, to sh- let me shape them and mold them, then I can't make them to be the kind of person that God has for them to be. And it's the same thing with Jesus. We've got to allow him to shape us and mold us. We've got to allow him to work with, on our lives every day. Allow him to shape and mold and shape and mold and, and form us into the people that he's caused us and wants us to be. Five keys to allowing God to refine us. First one is this. We've got to hear and obey. So often we hear. And we don't obey. 
Or sometimes we just don't even hear. When God's trying to speak, we just don't even hear it. Or God speaks, and it's like, God, <laughs> man, is this really you? Because that's kind of a pretty weird word, Lord. It's not, it's, not, it's not the way I thought, God. God, it's not the thing that I would think you'd tell me to do. But we need to hear and obey. In John 5, 19, it says this. So Jesus explained, and I'll tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. You see, Jesus lived his whole life by doing what he saw God do. How did he see it? He spent time with him every morning, allowing God to show him, allowing God to show him and reveal to him what he would do. And see, the, th- the problem is, is that, one, we don't allow God to show us. Two, we don't want to see it. And three, we just, when he does show us, we just don't obey. You know, when God says, give that person 10 bucks. Oh, but God, that's my only 10 bucks. And find someone else to do it. Oh, but, you know, I heard a testimony or story about um, one of the big preachers that, that are in America today, and I can't even remember his name. It's just it's gone for me at the moment. But And how he's running one of the largest ministries around and how some, somebody was saying that they were talking to him and he said that, that God had shown and given the, the, uh, the dream and given the, the, the thing for someone else to do, the ministry that this guy's running, that God has shown the very thing that he was doing to another person first. And the person's like, man, this is not, I can't do this. So God showed someone else. And then God showed someone else. And this guy now who's running one of the largest ministries around was like the fourth person that God showed. You see, God was just waiting for someone to take a hold of it. You see, when we, and it comes to our lives is that we just don't want to look when things are painful because our defense mechanism is that we just turn it away. We just bury it down. And for some of you, you don't even know what's in your life because you've buried it so deep. And so you've got to allow God to speak. You've got to allow God to show you. You've got to allow God to bring the scum, the mess, the things that are worthless up in your life. You've got to allow him to bring it up in your life. And when he reveals it to you, you've got to obey. When he shows it to you, the most important thing you can do is obey. Because as you obey, it's such a quick process. As you allow God to bring it up, man, let me tell you, it doesn't take long for God to just wipe away the things that that have held you back, the things that you don't like. The second thing is, is that you've got to know God's a good God. You know, and I touched on this a little bit last week. And, you know, I really believe that for a lot of us, we don't have a real revelation of how good God is. Because if we really had a revelation of how good God is, if we really had a revelation of how much God cares for us, about how much God wants to see us be all we can be, if we had a real revelation of that, then every day we would be living out of our comfort zone. Then every day, and for all of us, we've got to grow in this, man, me included. But every day as we start to allow the revelation of how God is a good God, as we start to just think upon that, as we start to allow God to show us that, as we start to allow God to speak to us and show how good He is, then we will start to live outside of our comfort zone. Because friends, if you don't have a revelation how good God is, if you don't believe that God is a really good God, then you will never allow Him to come and clean up your life. And, and, and you won't ever allow him to bring up. So when he speaks, you won't listen. And you won't obey because you don't believe God's a good God. Because you'll have fear in your life that, that you'll just be hung out there. 
exposed for everybody to see the thing you don't want them to see. It's because you'll be so afraid and scared that, that you'll just be left out there with your whole life exposed. See, God wouldn't do that. Because God's a good God. God's a good God. God's a God that wants to refine. God's a God that wants to bring us to another place, another level in Him. God's a God that wants to, wants to keep us and, and, and allow us to be all that we can be. We've got to know that God's a good God. We've got to have a revelation about how good God is. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, For the Lord is good, His, unfail, His unfailing love continues forever, and His faithfulness continues to each generation. You know, even though blessings are awesome, God is the greatest blessing of them all. God is the greatest blessing of them all. Even though blessings are good, God is the best blessing that we've ever had in our life. God is the best blessing that we've ever had in our life. And I would never be where I am today if it wasn't for him. I wouldn't be where I am in my marriage if it wasn't for him. I wouldn't be where I am in my business if it wasn't for him. I wouldn't be where I am in ministry if it wasn't for him. And so often we just look for the blessings. And they are good. But how about we look to God as the best blessing? How about we look to Jesus as the best blessing, knowing with a revelation that he's a good God. His love is unfailing, continues forever. His faithfulness continues to each generation. So the faithfulness that God has given to my life, it, it continues to my next generation, continues to my kids. So the blessings that I've walked in, I can know and stand that they will walk in that too. If you've got kids here today who are unsaved, Stand up for their life and start to declare and start to claim this, their, their lives back. Start to speak to their spirit to live. Because the blessing that you have received, because God is a good God, it is, He is faithful and it will continue on the generations before, under you. So that the, the, the legacy that you're leaving, every one of us is leaving a legacy of some sort. What is the legacy that you're leaving for the next generation? What is it that you're dealing in your life Tonight and, 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 and over your life, the things that you're dealing with, man, as you deal with them, your kids don't need to deal with them. Because we've got to realize something, that what we have, it passes on down to our kids. Generation. Generational spirits. And I was so aware of that. And so, man, I'm just, as you start to have kids, you really start to care about this kind of stuff. Because, man, it's like you see your life more than anyone else sees it. And you're thinking, man, there's no way I want my kids to struggle with what I struggle with. And for all of us, we've got to realize this, that God is a good God as we start to allow him to minister to our lives and make us whole and make us clean and allow him to refine us. The third thing is that we would renew our mind every day. You know, we're influenced every day by images on TV, by images on the internet, by images at school by images at work, by even as we're driving down the street, by the music we listen to. You have to realize something, that your mind and, and what you see and what you listen to is the gateway into your mind. What you see influences your life, whether you like it or not, whether you think you're a superhuman man or not, whether you think, you know, I laugh when people, and they're like, man, I'm going to go to the clubs and, you know, and, and just 
you know, because my mates, you know, they're not saved and I want to get them saved. So I'm going to go to the clubs. I'm not going to drink, but I'm just going to go to the clubs. I'm going to hang out with them, you know, build a relationship first. And, uh, and then, you know, they're going to come to know the Lord. That's cool. But you know what? Most of the time that doesn't work. It works for a certain few people who are called to do it. There are people who are definitely called to do it. But for a lot of people, you go into those places, you see, you might not drink for a while, but you, you're just so surrounded by all the, all the things that go on there. You know, you're seeing it, you're hearing the, the gross talk that goes on, you're seeing people that, you know, that have drunk too much, and, and you, it does, you can't help but influence you. So we've got to continually renew our mind every day. Man, as you're driving down the road, man, there's billboards there. It's like, man, you just don't want to be looking at those. You know, as you're at school and, and your mates are there talking, talking about what they did on the weekend. Man, stuff you just don't want to even hear. But unfortunately, we can't escape because we don't live in a cocoon. We don't live in this white padded cell and we only come to church on Sunday. It's the only time we ever come out of the cell. Unfortunately, we don't live there. It might make life a whole lot easier, and you'd probably be a whole lot more refined if you did. But, unfortunately, we don't, and none of us would want to live there anyway. So we can't help but be influenced, so that's why it's so important that we renew our mind daily. And in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That every day we'd re- renew our mind by the bombardment of thoughts, fear, negativity, unbelief. That we would see, it says here, that we'd be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So that as we renew our mind, our lives would be transformed. You know, you don't, there's nothing that you do that you haven't already thought of. You know, people who end up cheating on their wives, they've been thinking about it for years. It doesn't just happen. Things don't just happen. People who all of a sudden go out and, and, you know, speed and end up crashing and killing themselves and stuff and, you know, and who drink drive, it's not something that just happens. You know, there's thoughts that have been playing over and over and over in their minds before that happens. That we would renew our minds every day. And you see, if you don't renew your mind, when God shows you the thing that he wants to refine in your life, you hear it, you obey it, you know God's a good God, you've got a revelation of that, so, you've got, so God shows it to your life, okay God, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, I'm willing to face this, God I know you're a good God, so that's cool man, we're going to do this, we're going to run with it, let's go man, you and me pal, come on, let's do it, let's go, and as you start walking through the process of allowing God to renew you and, and, and refine you, if we, don't, if we forget about refining our minds and renewing our minds, then the problem is, is that all of a sudden, Fear starts to, starts to hit your mind. Thoughts start to bombard your mind. And you start to doubt what you're doing. And, and you start to believe. If you don't renew your mind, you start to believe the very things that are starting to attack your mind. See, the sa- Satan, the devil, will ascend to Simon's. Man, he will just be trying to attack you. He'll be trying to just take you off the course. Because he, there's no way he wants his people to be refined. There's no way he wants you to be more in a place of wholeness before the Lord. Because he knows as we start, as Christians, as we start to get more refined, as we start to allow God to work in our lives, then, man, we start to become dangerous. 
more and more dangerous to the devil and his, and his assignments. So you've got to understand as you start to allow God to re, re, uh, refine you and you start, to, you start to know that God's a good God, you have to keep renewing your mind from the thoughts and the bombardments that will come because they will come. They will come, trust me. The fourth thing is you've got to praise and thanksgiving through worship. That we would give our life continually to praising and thanking Him through worship. That we would lay our lives down as a sacrifice of praise. You know, back in the Old Testament, they would, always, they would lay a sacrifice down and then it would be consumed by fire. In Leviticus 6, verse 12 to 13, it says, Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Why did it say it must never go out? You know, I looked at that first and I thought, it's a bit weird. You know, fire goes out, you just restart it again. Easy as, we do it every day when it's cold. It can't be that difficult, surely. You know, unless, oh, no, I thought maybe they got to like rub sticks to create fire or something back in those days and it was really difficult, I don't know. But anyways, I started to look at that and started to ask the question, why? I found that, that they were talking about the altar that, and, the, and on the altar, the fire that they're talking about was a fire that God started. See, God's ignited the fire that was on the altar where they would lay up their offerings every day. So that's why there was such an urgency, and that's why it says over again, more than once, you must continually keep the fire burning, never let it go out. Because you see, it's kind of like when you get saved, really. When you look at the parallels, God ignites the fire, the priests go and put wood on it, and it must never go out. See, it's like our lives. When we get saved, there's a fire that God ignites in your life. There's a fire that God will ignite in your life, and the thing is that we've got to keep it maintaining that fire. We've got to keep fueling that fire every day so that it would become a consuming fire. See, God's plan for your life is that as you, when you got saved, that the fire that he started, that one, it would never go out, and two, that you would maintain that fire and you would continue to add fuel on it every day so that it would end up a consuming fire that would consume your life. And you see, when you think about fire in the natural, when, something, when there's a building that's on fire, it starts with a little fire then it ends up a consuming, raging fire that ends up, if you don't get to it quick enough, it ends up out of control. And it not only consumes that building, but it consumes the building next to it, consumes the building next to it, and then it keeps consuming everything that's around it. You see, the thing is, for your life, God would have it that that the fire that Jesus started when you got saved, that it would be a raging, consuming fire that would start to not only consume you, but as you put fuel on it every day, by praising and worshiping Him as you continue to fuel it, that it would continue to consume your life to the point where you would start consuming the world around you, where you would start to consume your friends, you'd start to consume your workmates, you'd start to consume. See, we think that we, oh man, God, I'm just going to go and influence my school. No, no. There's a process, there's work, there's things that need to be done first. You've got to every day allow, and as the fire starts to consume your life, then you'll start to consume your school. Then you'll start to consume your workplace. Then you'll start to consume the neighbors around you. But the problem is for so many of us, our fires are just just this little flickering flame. And we think that that is what we're going to use to consume everything around us. 
little flickering flame. For some of us, the flame's not even has gone out. But see, praise the Lord that he can ignite it again tonight. For some of us, man, you might be sitting here, you might not even have a relationship with Jesus. Man, you're in the best place. Man, it's not a coincidence that you're here tonight because Jesus wants to ignite a fire in your life. So, And then you can work on that and allow it to consume your life to the point where, man, you start to make the biggest difference that you could ever make, that you could ever dream of. And you see, when we allow God to refine us, as we allow God to refine us, as we start, God shows us, we start to know and get a revelation that God's a good God. We start to renew our mind daily. And it's really important that we start to continue to praise and worship the Lord every day. That we start to thank Him. That we start to get into His presence with an abandoned praise and abandoned worship before His throne. As we start to lay our lives down at the foot of the cross. As we start to lay our lives down before the Lord and say, God, have all of me. God, have all of me that Jesus, you would consume me every day. That God, you would allow your fire to be a raging, consuming fire, Lord, that would not only take away the things that I don't like in my life. Lord, that would not only clean me and cleanse me and bring me to a greater wholeness in you, but that God, that then, Lord, that I would start to consume the world around me. That God, then I would start to consume, Lord God, my school. That God, then I would start to consume my workplace. We've got to consume the fire. Let me ask you tonight. What's your fire like in your life? Don't need to show me your hands, man, but think about it right now. What's your fire like tonight? Is it raging? Is it just this little flickering flame that hasn't been worked on? See, the priests, every day, it says that they put wood on it. And I know with a fire, if you don't put stuff on it continuously, man, it very quickly goes out. So what's your fire like tonight? Is it raging, little flicker, or has it gone out? Tonight, man, you need, to, you need to allow God to, wherever your life might be, you need to allow God to ignite that. And the last thing is that we would never forget what the Lord has done. You know, so often, because we've got to realize when it comes to God, allowing God to refine us, is that he will take us into a season of refinement. And then once we've been refined and once we've allowed God to refine us, we'll then walk into a place of freedom. We'll walk in blessing. But then there'll be another season that will come where God will want to refine you again. See, it's not a one-time thing. Over and over again. God refining. Walking in a season where, you know, it's all good things are happening. And man, yeah, I've got our no, life's great. That's good, man. Enjoy that season while you're in it. Because there will come a time again where God will want to refine you again. And the problem is, is that we forget what God has done. And so when we, so, for, so God will bring us through, give us a breakthrough. We're all excited. He'll give us a financial breakthrough and we're all excited. But then the problem is, is that, you know, and so, and so for the first month or so, you're all excited about it, man. You're screaming it, you know, telling anyone who will listen, man, you should see what God done. And then two months, three months down the track, you're in a financial hardship again. And you start to cry and, and you're all sad and you don't give anymore and you, you're just like, <laughs> world's end, man. I got no money. How about you remember what God did before? Because God did it once, He'll do it again, amen? God did it once, He'll do it again. You see, we've got to remember what God has done in our lives because it's from that point that our faith increases. 
Without faith, the works are dead. It's from the point of breakthrough that faith starts to increase. And now when we hit this another circumstance in life, we hit another situation where it's tough and we don't know how we can get through it. As we remember the way that God brought us through, that we now have faith to walk in it again because we know if God did it then, He'll do it again. In Deuteronomy 4 verse 9, it says, But watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape your mind for as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and the grandchildren. Never forget what you have seen. Never forget the breakthrough that you've gone in. Never forget what the Lord has done before you. That you would remember it, that it would be a testimony in your life. That it's something that you would continue to tell your children. You can tell your grandchildren because as it's given you faith, you'll now start to ignite faith in others' lives as they start to hear the way that you've had breakthrough. We so quickly forget. We so quickly forget because for most of us, we live life out of our feelings. And we so quickly forget what God's done, the breakthrough that God's done. So number one, that we'd hear and obey as God wants to refine us tonight. That we'd hear it, we'd obey it. You know, I see so many people that just run the other way. The minute God starts to show them things in their lives that they've hidden away, that they've buried, and they just turn and run the opposite way. Man, if you want to keep your stuff, then that's your call. But, you know, I tell you what, I don't want to. I don't want to keep the things that hold me back. I don't want to stay in the same place. I want to continue to move forward and then continue to move forward and then continue to move forward and then continue to move forward as you hear and obey, as you allow God to start, as you start to get a revelation of how good He is, as you start to renew your mind, as you start to praise and give thanks through worship, as you start to, and, and, and as you get that breakthrough and you never forget how good God is, God will continue to refine and you'll continue to be, man, the person that God has called every one of you to be. If we can have the keyboard us up and the musos. You know, if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord, then, like I said, it's not a coincidence that, that you're here. If you're here tonight and you don't have a relationship with Him, maybe you have had, and, and that flame that I was talking about has completely gone out. And you're thinking when you, maybe you were asked to come and you were thinking, man, I don't even want to come to church. But for some reason, you just did. You know what? That's God pulling on you. Come back to me. Or come to know me. And you know what? As you come to know and stand before the Lord, as you come to give your life to the Lord, man, let me tell you, friends, He will totally rock your world. He will totally rock your world. And then He will refine you. And, and, and He will shape you. And He will mold you into the person that He's called you to be. See, every person here, God knew you before you were born. If you don't have a relationship with him tonight, then man, God wants to get to know you. Jesus wants to get to know you. Jesus wants to be your best friend. He wants to be the Lord of your life. You know, you might be here and you don't have a relationship with him and you've walked through life full of fear. You've walked through life full of rejection, thinking that, man, how could, and all, all looking for love, you know, tonight. Jesus will fill that, fulfill that need for you. You might be here and you're unsaved and you've been walking through financial difficulty. You know, Jesus will give you breakthrough in your finances as you come.
as we come, as we come, as we come before him. You know, and the, thing, the good thing about Jesus is that he doesn't twist your arm and make you come. Because he doesn't want robots following him. He wants people that desire a relationship. He wants people that desire a relationship and desire to get to know him more and more that would choose to say, Jesus, here am I. Lord, use me. Just like that pastor, here am I, God, use me, where others would say, it's too big for me, I can't handle it. Here am I, use me.